Hey everyone, welcome to this week's sermon podcast of Living Word Pretoria East. Here you can listen to our latest weekly sermons for your spiritual growth. We believe that this message will really bless you. Amen. Isn't the Lord good? The word says, for a spirit of heaviness, put on a garment of praise. Who feels a bit lighter this morning? Amen. It's amazing when we just praise Him. He's so worthy of our praise. And the word actually says that He inherits the praises of His people. So in other words, God takes His rightful place as King when we praise Him as the bride. So when we come together here on a Sunday morning and give Him praise and worship Him, He takes His rightful place as King right here. And that's a privilege, God. That's a privilege because God is faithful. Amen. I'm going to share a word this morning. We, I'm going to let you in on a story. So I want you just to open your hearts and, and really hear what I have to say this morning. It's a war in the Bible. And there's a certain devotional application that we get and see from this war that I believe is relevant to us today and also in this new season. Are you ready? So Andre said it this morning, but I'll say it again. I want you to lean forward. Lean forward. Lean in. Come on, guys. Lean forward. <laughs> Often at times when, when we get to church, you're expecting me to project something onto you this morning. I'm going to preach it like fire, believe me. Amen. But you have a responsibility this morning to lean in and receive what God has for you. For every one of you, we have a responsibility. The word says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We said this before, when we hear the word of God, it initiates faith. When we speak the word of God, it activates faith. But when we live the word of God, it demonstrates faith. And I believe we're in a season where the church of God needs to demonstrate faith. We don't initiate faith anymore. We don't activate faith anymore. There's no time to initiate faith. We have to demonstrate faith. We're in a season where we have to demonstrate faith. And we're going to look at someone in the Bible, his name's called Joshua, a bit later, and see how he demonstrated faith, how he took a position of faith. So we're busy with a series, and, and we read this in Romans 14, 17. I'm going to read it to you quickly. It says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. We're busy with a kingdom series. We said, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. The joy of the Lord is our strength. The peace of God crushing Satan under our feet. And we've got a place of right standing. Amen. The scepter of the wicked shall not rest upon the land of the righteous. It may come, but it will not remain there. It will not rest there because we are his righteous ones. And then it goes further in Luke 17. It says, and when he was demanded of the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation, neither shall they say, Look here or look there, for behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. It is inside of you. It was said so wonderfully on Monday. If, if there's a kingdom inside of us, then it means you and I are kings. Because the kingdom needs a king. 
We're not in a democratic system, guys. Amen. We've got a king. We've got a king. A monarchy. It's a, it's a system where a king rules, where his spirit dwells inside of us. Now, the reality is this. In the Bible, when we look at kings, many of, kings, many of the kings in the Bible actually took the kingdoms and expanded it for the glory of God. But other kings went and broke everything down. So there's a responsibility when you're a king. When there's authority over a certain region, over a certain place, you have a responsibility. You have a responsibility. They said David is the lamb of Israel, the lamp of Israel. They saw him as a king who was close to God's heart. If you are the king of your kingdom, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, my question to you this morning is, are you expanding the kingdom so that God's name can be glorified, or are you destroying the kingdom? Because each one of us have a responsibility as kings to take authority, to lead, to guide, and to expand so that His name can be glorified. God is coming back for a pure bride for a peer bride we have a responsibility guys and I'm going to really preach it this morning because we spoke about the kingdom we spoke about prayer in the kingdom Pastor Natasha spoke about prayer one of the keys to unlock the kingdom this morning I'm going to speak about faith that unlocks the kingdom there's a specific place I want you to hear this the word says it is faith that is pleasing to the Lord it is faith that is pleasing to the Lord. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. I can't have faith to see Dandre when he's right in front of me. I don't hope to see him, he's right here. When we speak about faith, when we speak about hope, we're speaking of the substance and evidence of things not yet seen, which means it's on the way. Do you get this, guys? In the physical, yeah, it still needs to manifest. In the spiritual, it has manifested. We take authority over it, but we do it by faith. Pastor Bolmore says, ni faith, ni, by faith. We do it by faith. I want to just elaborate quickly on what Pastor Natasha said last week, and then we're going to go further. The disciples came to Jesus. And it was like a, let's call it an open forum, a discussion. And he said, ask me anything. What did they ask? They said, Lord, teach us how to pray. I think I would have said, Jesus, explain to me the secret of your ministry. Or how do you cast out demons? So how do you walk on water? Understand the setting, guys. I want you to understand the setting of what's happening here. They've been with him, and they say this, teach us how to pray. Of everything that they have seen, of everything that they have, have experienced, this is their response. Teach us how to pray. Why? Why? Because the servant is not greater than the master. The servant learns from the master. Everywhere in the Word of God, we see Jesus do what? Separate himself to go and pray. They knew 
whatever he was doing came from a place of prayer because they saw it daily. He would separate himself, come back, and God will perform. But we're speaking about faith this morning, not prayer, amen? But we've got to learn to pray by faith. When we pray in tongues, we stir up our most holy faith. Teach us, Lord, how to pray. I want to say this this morning, guys. You cannot go in faith where you have not gone in intimacy. You cannot go in faith where you've not gone in intimacy. If you don't know God, you cannot know yourself. Listen to this this morning. If you don't know God, you won't know yourself. The createe has a responsibility to understand the creator. That's why they give you a manual instruction when you buy a vehicle. <laughs> so you can understand how to operate this. The word says purpose is our reason for existence. If we don't know God who created us, who ordained us and formed us before the foundation of the earth and said, I have good plans for you for our plans to prosper. If we don't know him, our purpose becomes nullified. Our reason for existence goes skew. Because he's the one who created us. He's the one who ultimately gave us purpose. So if we don't go into that place of intimacy to know him, to know his heart, which says if we don't know God, we won't know love because God is love. And he so ultimately loved the world that he gave his son. But we have a responsibility, guys. I want you to hear my heart this morning. I'm going to challenge you and I'm going to stir you. We have a responsibility to stop moaning and start praying. We have a responsibility to understand what God has created and, and, and imparted inside of us. I'm not talking about calling. I'm not talking about gifting. I'm talking about purpose, our reason for existence, God's pride. He is the creator. When you feel I've got nowhere to go, I don't, know what I, want, I don't know what I want to do with my life. I'm not even sure if I'm doing the right thing. Have you felt like that before? Then you don't understand the reason for your existence, which means you have to draw closer to God so that he can reveal it to you. Amen? Come on, guys. You've got to preach with me this morning. Amen? Amen. You cannot go in faith. We haven't gone in intimacy. We have a responsibility. Where's the married couples? <laughs> Amen. When you guys are fighting, like we all do, it's difficult to be intimate. Amen. Yeah, my heart, yeah, guys. I can always listen to my wife to soon when she says my bedlight. Why? Come on, guys. Want to hear my heart this morning? It's not that I don't love her anymore. It's not that I don't love her anymore. As I allow the flesh, my emotions, I mean, and my pride <laughs> to get in the way. And often at times we do the same thing with God. He wants to be intimate with us, but we're full of excuses. This hasn't come to pass yet, Lord. Why did this happen? Why do I have to always? I want you to hear my heart, guys. The word says, deep rise unto deep. The spirit of God is inside of you. It cries out for him. Everything that you are cries out for him. 
We were born and created to worship him and no one else. So cultivate that seed. Get to a place where you, everything that you are, everything that you have, just pour out of his feet and say, Lord, I want to know you. I want to know your heart for me and I want to know your heart for my family. And see what happens. Because God is faithful. Amen. Moses said, show me your ways. And God responded, my presence will be with you. Show me your ways. And God responds, my presence will be with you. If you want to carry God's presence, if you want the Holy Spirit, then pray this, Lord, show me your ways. Teach me your ways. We're going to dive right into, into the book of Joshua. I just want to give you a quick background quickly. So Joshua is the first of the history books in the Old Testament. Amen. And when we go from the, from the books of, of the law to the books of, of the history, we see also a transition in leadership, Moses to Joshua. So something profound happens. We move from the books of the law to the history books. There's a transition, Moses to Joshua. Okay. And I want you to catch this. I'm going to say this intentionally because we're going to need it a bit later. So hold on to it. There's a, there's a transition in leadership, Moses to Joshua. The key word or the root word for the word salvation or deliverance is the word belief. They had to be delivered from Egypt. The root word there in the Hebrew means belief. And then it goes further. And it says, entering the promised land, that was God's spiritual blessing, and they had to obey. By faith means commitment, the kind of commitment that obeys. So there's a deliverance that takes place. There's a, there's a release from a spiritual Egypt, which comes from the root word, Belief. You've got to believe, amen, that he was crucified, that he resurrected, that he's seated at the right hand of the Father, that he brought out his Holy Spirit. You've got to believe. But then when there's an entering into Canaan, there's a word the Bible uses, translate, and the translators obey. There's obedience. There's obedience. There's a release, belief, there's an obey entering. I'm going to say this before I start this. I believe there are many Christians in church today who believe they've done enough to get released from their spiritual Egypt, but they never enter Canaan. I'm going to say it again, guys. There's churches, there's Christians today, we do enough to be released from our spiritual Egypt. We get saved. But then we never take possession of what God granted. We're just floating. Come to church on a Sunday, go back, come to church on a Sunday. Five years later, we still feel the same way. We have to take possession of what God has given. When God says seven cities in Canaan, it means seven cities, not six. Not five. Not four and then justify three. Because the fifth and the sixth might take me out of my comfort zone. When God says seven cities in Canaan, then God says seven cities. How did we take it? Or how were they supposed to take it? 
by faith. The Lord says, by faith. Wherever your foot shall tread, that land I shall give to you. By faith. All right, so now get this story, guys. Are you with me? Raise your hand if you're with me. By faith, amen. All right. Joshua was a military genius. He was a strategist. Amen. God says, I want you to take a hold of this promised land, and you're going to take hold of seven cities. Who knows the word? Come on. In the land of Canaan. The first city is Jericho. Amen. So what happens? Joshua is supposed to go and take the city. As a, mili- as, a, as a military strategist, God gives him this, I don't know what the right English word is, berserk <laughs> strategic plan and says, I want you to walk around it for seven days, 13 times. Just think about this. Joshua is a military strategist. I think he's got an unction to display the gifting that God has given him. He's now going to take this promised land which God has promised. He's fired up, 80 years old. That was still strong back then, guys. You have to understand. And then God comes to say, whoa, Joshua, this is what I want you to do. I mean, I, I think about this where I'm like, Lord, really? You're going to go to this strategist and tell him just to walk around. The book of Hebrews says, the walls fell by faith. God gave the plan, but it required Joshua's faith. And I believe everything inside of him thought it was, this plan is horrible. And I'm going to explain to you now why. But he had faith. He had faith to see God move. He had faith to take control of what God had promised. And the book of Hebrews says, those walls fell by faith. It fell by faith. My question to you is, can you have faith for the plan God has ordained over your life, even though it feels like it's wayward? Even though it feels like this is against every gifting or every skill that I possess. When God speaks, He is faithful. You gotta have faith. And when you have faith, God will honor and respond. Amen? Amen. So something happens. God gives a very clear instruction. God gives a very clear instruction. He says, when you take the city, all the spoils need to go back to the tabernacle. The treasury of the priests. Amen? There was a treasury back then also. Only then it was just managed properly. Amen? It says, it goes back. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It goes back. To, you know, I'm not kidding. It's true. Guys, we've got to pray. The reality is, it goes back into the tabernacle. That was God's demand. That the spoils go back. And that Rahab and her family be saved. Those were God's commands. He explicitly communicated that. So they take the city. The walls fall by faith. You all know the story. Everyone's happy. And then there's another battle coming up very soon after that. And Joshua sends his men to a city called Ai. A very small city. 
And the Hebrew men, the soldiers, go straight into the city and they get slaughtered. And they get slaughtered. That's what the word says. Slaughtered. And I want you to live in this picture this morning. I want you to understand this. Joshua has given this promise. He moves by faith against what I believe he was, as a military strategist, he didn't want to walk around the wall seven times. And the walls fell down. And Joshua knew that God was with him. He knew that God was with him because it was only his faith that allowed for those walls to fall. I want you to hear me this morning, guys. He knew that God was with him because it wasn't his plan. It was God's plan. He sends his men into Ai and they get slaughtered. And they get slaughtered. Joshua knew something was wrong. He knew that God wasn't with them when this happened. Why? See, there was a guy called Achan who saw this, gar- saw this garment, a Babylonian garment, and he fell in love with it and he took it. He stole some of the spoils and he took it back to the camp. And because of what he has done, God has allowed Ai to slaughter the soldiers for they broke covenant with him. God explicitly said everything. This is not a teaching. We're going to go on that one day. Do you know something about the tithe? Jericho was the first city in Canaan. The first. The first city. I want you to hear this. <laughs> the first city. And God says, take the spoils. Put it in the tabernacle. And they get slaughtered. And Joshua understood that this was a what? A spiritual problem. This wasn't a strategic problem. This was a spiritual problem. So long and short, he started searching the house. Tribes, families, households. And found what has been done. Listen to what the word says. Joshua 7, verse 6 to 10. We're going to put that on there, please. Then Joshua tore his clothes and fell to the earth on his face before the ark of the Lord until the evening. And he and the elders of Israel, and they put dust on their heads. And Joshua said, Alas, O Lord God, why have you brought this people over the Jordan at all? To give us unto the hands or into the hands of the Amorites. To destroy us. With that we had been content to dwell beyond the Jordan. O Lord, what can I say when Israel has turned their backs before their enemies? Verse 9. For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear of it and will surround us and cut off our name from the earth. And what will you do for your great name? Listen to what he's saying. What will you do for your great name? And then God responds. And then the Lord said to Joshua, get up. Why have you fallen on your face? Sometimes the will of God is so evident that it's immoral to pray. 
I'm going to say that again. Sometimes the will of God is so evident that it's immoral to pray. We see the same thing happening with Moses at the Red Sea. He falls on his face and God says, get up and tell the people to go forward. Sometimes the will of God is so obvious, it is immoral to pray. That's why when Pastor Natasha spoke about prayer, we have to know what we pray when we pray. Because we don't always pray, guys. I want you to see this. Sometimes the will of God is so obvious. God rebukes Joshua for praying. He says, why have you fell on your face? Why? Get up and go forward. I'm going to preach it. Sometimes we've been stagnated for a season, for a year, for two years, for three years, still trying to pray for God to show us His will. But it's so obvious. We're just praying so we can get away from the action of what God actually wants us to do. So we're praying. And then we're asking, guys, I want you to hear this. Sometimes the will of God is so obvious, it is immoral to pray. God rebuked Moses, God rebuked Joshua, and said, get up. So I want to prophesy this over you this morning. Get up. Get up. You know what needs to be done. You know what God has called you for. Have faith for it and get out. Go for it. Come on, guys. This is a season where the church of God must stand up in faith and demonstrate what? Demonstrate this. This is what Joshua does. He stands up after he's been rebuked by God. And now that military genius comes out because God is a God of order and God is a God of design. There's three types of people in this world. The let it be people, the make it be people, okay? The let it happen people, the make it happen people, and the I don't know what's happening people. Amen? Don't be a let it happen people, or I don't know what's happening people. Make it happen. That is what God has called us to be. So he stands up as a military strategist, and this is what he does. He says, we're going to go back. We have sorted this out now. We have, we have identified what happened with Achan, and we're going to take back our city. So Joshua says, I want my men to attack them again. I want you to get this picture, guys. If you, if you love war or military, this is, you're going to love this. So he says, I want you guys to go straight in again, like we did the first time. And they're going to attack us, like they did. So he gathered his men, and he sent them straight towards Ai. But the previous night, Joshua took 30,000 soldiers and he placed it behind Ai. Behind Ai. And then there's this little town called Bethel. Have you heard about it? Where Abraham made an offer, Ai Bethel. And Joshua thought, just maybe, just maybe Bethel would respond and help Ai. So he took another 5,000 soldiers and he placed it on a hill between Ai and Bethel. And when the war happened, he ran into the city of Ai. And when the people came, Joshua's men turned around and they ran like they did the first time. Only now when they let them out, the 30,000 from behind went into the city and started to light everything to fire. And when Ai saw the smoke and turned around, those from the city came out and these went forward and the 5,000 from the hill and they were completely trapped they were deceived by Joshua and they were all killed 
Why am I saying this? There's a strategy for you. There's a strategy for you, for each one of us. We have a responsibility to get to God's feet and understand the blueprint so that we can execute it. When we get slaughtered in battle, it's because we're in possession of something we, not, we, sh- we shouldn't have been. I want you to hear this. If you do not want to be blessed on this earth, please take something that doesn't belong to you. Can I say that again? If you do not want to be blessed on this earth, please take something that doesn't belong to you. There's a clear instruction. What's God is God's. Amen. We have a responsibility. Guys, I want to just keep on preaching. I'm going to have to go faster. So there's this little story. I'm going to close with this. The Gibeonites, who heard about them before. So, so they saw these people, the Israelites, coming in, liquidating all the cities. And they thought, listen, there's no way this is going to happen to us. So what did they do? You can read the, the book of Joshua, guys. They took all their clothes. They took their shoes. They started rubbing it against the rocks to make it look old, like it's been worn for a long time. And when the men of Israel came, they said, hi guys, we are not from here. We are from a city afar. And their clothes were worn and their shoes were worn. And they locked into a treaty with Joshua's people. So he said, we will not kill you. And when he found Joshua, that these people lied to him, He couldn't kill them because he locked into a treaty with them. And he made them slaves. And he made them slaves. I want to close with these three things. I want you to remember the story about the Gibeonites. They deceived. Understand they never consulted God. They made a decision to deceive, worn out everything, and they become slaves. They never consulted God. They made a decision and just executed it without consulting God. And in this, in these three stories of Jericho, Ai, and, and the Gideonites, I believe there's a devotional application that I want to touch on literally very, very short, but, but hear this. They are certain enemies to our faith just like they encountered enemies when God says take the promised land I'm not saying released out of spiritual Israel out of spiritual Egypt I'm saying when we actually go into the land the word says Caleb couldn't stop thinking about the grapes people were complaining he was just saying man have you seen those grapes have you seen what the Lord has promised but when we stand up and move by faith We're going to face some challenges, guys. This is a war zone. This world is a war zone. Blood is shed over the name of Jesus. 
blood is shed over the name of Jesus. There's going to be world peace one day when he returns. So when they do these beauty pageants and say, I just want world peace, I'm like, you don't, you don't read the Bible. There's no peace. Blood is shed over the name of This is a war zone, guys. The enemy is not your friend. He is not your friend. He will come for you and come for your children and come for your business. He will. That's what the word says. So when we see Jericho, this is a, an illustrated, a picture that illustrates the world that appeals to us. Achan was disobedient because he saw something in the flesh that he liked. The gold, the silver, and he took it. Let me tell you this, the world and what it brings is the enemy of your faith. If you're not vigilant, you will fall into the trap Achan fell in. There was an explicit instruction, yet he disobeyed. We have a responsibility as a church when we move by faith to understand that certain things are from the world and for the world only, not for us as Christians. Guys, I want you to hear my heart this morning. We have to be sensitive to the Spirit of God. When God explicitly speaks, don't be disobedient. Don't be disobedient. AI was a representation of the flesh. Only once Joshua got a realistic perspective of what was going on, he could formulate a plan to take back victory. Only once he understood and had a true perspective of what is going on, he could take back what God has promised. Guys, we lose perspective. We lose perspective. And then we fall into the strap and we get slaughtered. That's why I love when, when Pastor Anzal said this morning, I pray that God will restore vision in the church, that God will restore vision of us. Because once you lose your ability to see, you gain the ability to need. When you lose your ability to see, you will gain the ability to need. Blind Bartimaeus, we can go through many examples. When you lose the ability to see, you will gain the ability to need. You are not called to be a beggar. You're a king of a kingdom with the spirit of God inside of you. Amen. Be vigilant, be vigilant and understand that there's certain perspective. This is what I wrote here. The spirit can overcome the flesh if we get it in the right perspective. The spirit will overcome the flesh, but we have to get it in the right perspective, guys. The Gideonites, a representation of the enemy. This one I really loved. The greatest enemy of the best is what? The good. Correct, the second best. The greatest enemy of the best is the good. Do you know why? Because when the devil deceives you, if you are called to be a medical missionary, he's not going to ask you to rob a bank. He doesn't wear horns, he doesn't wear a red suit. He was an angel of light once. He's a spirit being that deceives, that devours. When you are called to be a medical missionary, he will not tell you to rob a bank. He would tell you this, that your country needs a doctor and need good doctors. And every country does. 
and he will just keep you as a doctor in your own country for the rest of your life while God has called you to be a medical missionary in various countries. Listen to this. And you will even tell testimonies about you being a doctor in this country and how good God is. I want you to hear this this morning. He will deceive you only this far. You don't get a 99 rand note, guys. It's too obvious. You get a fake 100. It's 100 or fake 100. There's no 99 rand note. The enemy deceives just like that. He takes you off course just here a little bit, and then eventually you'll be led astray yourself. We have a responsibility to be sensitive to his spirit, to consult him first before we rub our shoes on the rocks and our clothes on the rocks and make excuses and find ways to get out of situations because we are afraid. Do you hear me? Amen. I'm going to conclude because I'm, I'm going to preach until 11 o'clock. This is my conclusion. Obedience is not measured by our ability to obey laws and principles. Obedience is measured by our response to God's voice. It is not our ability to obey laws and principles. It's measured by our response to God's voice. C.S. Lewis said, I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen, not only because I see it, but because by it I see everything. And my prayer is this for you, that by it, that by the Holy Spirit, you will see and understand the plan that God has given you for the season. And I pray that you will stand up like Joshua and move in faith and take back what God has granted. There's an inheritance you have to leave your children. Take it back by faith. Amen. Amen. Let's give God a round of applause. They took down the watch at the back, guys. Sorry. I'm just going to close for us in prayer this morning. And I'm going to ask that if you need prayer afterwards, we've got a ministry team. So you're welcome just for them to pray with you. Please have a cup of coffee. Spend some time. Get to, to meet someone you haven't met before. Speak to a stranger. Hug them. Come on, guys. Christians are known by their love for one another. I hope you enjoy the word. And I hope it really stirred your heart and blessed your heart. Guys, we cannot go in faith where we haven't gone in intimacy. Get to know your creator. Amen. Loving Holy Spirit, I want to thank you for being present around us this morning. Lord, I thank you for your word that is, that is the incorruptible seed. And, and I thank you, Lord, for, for every heart this morning that is open to receive the word. Father, I pray that this word will even echo in our spirits in this next week and the week after that. Lord, we know that faith is pleasing to you. We want to move by faith. Holy Spirit, we want to be obedient to you. We want to keep in step with you. 
Father, I pray that you will place that desire in our hearts to seek you and you alone. That everything that we are, everything that we touch, everything that we do, Lord, might glorify your name and your name alone. The word says that violent men takes your kingdom by force. And this church, Lord, is ready to stand up and take back by faith what you have granted for us. We thank you that you are faithful. We honor you. We love you. And we give you praise. And everybody says, Amen and Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you would like to know more about who we are and what we do, go visit our website on lwpe.co.za. You are formed to function, so let's build.